Third time is a charm, Nina. Fifth time. I don't remember. I lost count. Uh, yes, it's the third time, child. Okay, so again, for the third time, my name is Fernanda Coelho. I am a technical artist at EA Capital Games, and I'm originally from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And I'm here with my wonderful friend. Hi, my name is Nina. I'm a technical environment artist at 343 Industries. I'm originally from Bangkok, Thailand. I wonder, Fernanda, why are we introducing ourselves with the country we're from? Oh, Nina, today we're talking about the greatest affliction of, of our time, at least for the two of us, also known as immigration or the F1 visa, which is about to expire. No! No, Fernanda! Those of you who might not be on an F1 visa or maybe are thinking of being on an F1 visa, uh, let's oh. talk a little bit about how it works and what it is exactly. And the F1 visa is one of the many ways that you can come to the U.S. Um, by paying a lot of money. And the <laughs> Wait, hold on. That's not the sole main purpose of that visa, is it? <laughs> it is very expensive, though. True. And you also have to stay in line at the consulate for like five hours. Oof. Did you have that experience? Uh, I don't think it was that long, but yeah, it was pretty awful. Maybe it was Brazil. Brazil tends to have very long lines. The F1 visa is a visa issued by a university or college to international students seeking a degree in the USA. And it lasts the duration of your degree. And when you graduate, your visa expires and you're expected to return to your country of origin. Expected. Nicole. Expected. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Our options after the after we graduate from college is optional practical training. And the OPT, the idea behind it is that you would get a year of experience in your field and then you would return to your home country after that year finishes. But it's basically an extension of one year on top of your F1. However, because Nina and I have a STEM degree, we have an additional two years on top of that one year. Mm -hmm. So a total of three years. And that was... I think an initiative by Bill Gates in 2008, I think he's the one who pitched the idea of STEM OPT because there was like a lack of STEM degrees or STEM graduates in the US. So he wanted to bring more foreign talent. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Bill Gates does some cool stuff sometimes. <laughs> and after that, there comes the dreaded H-1B visa. Yeah, the H-1B would be the next step. And that's basically when a company is being super nice and being awesome and they want to sponsor a H-1B. But even then, the H-1B is a lottery and there is a 30 to 40% chance. So even if they do sponsor you, it's not guaranteed that you're going to get it, which sucks. Correct. And that really put a lot of stress on us and I'm sure all other people applying for H-1B because after you submit your application, there's nothing you can do. You just have to wait and hopefully you get selected through the lottery process. Yeah. And you said that you already applied last year, right, Nina? Yeah, I did. But unfortunately, I didn't get it. Yeah, was that your first time you applied? Yes. What about you? Did you apply? Nah. The company I was with back then wasn't really into that stuff. Oh, um, I'm sorry. I mean, the company I'm with right now is pretty great. Um, I love my team. They really want me to stay, but nothing is set in stone. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of preparing myself for the scenario of getting rid of all my things, selling my car, going back to Brazil. Uh, 
and know the feelings. However, not- if you don't get it the first time, you can always apply every year if you have some a company to sponsor you. And this this process happens once a year around this time of the year, actually. So you would submit your application in March, and usually the result is announced on April 1st. So very soon approaching. Like, how would you, because a company has to sponsor you. So like, if you go back, like if I go back to Brazil, what company is going to want to hire me in Brazil, though? Well, you can apply for a job in the States as you would apply now. And if they are interested in you enough in, to, in bringing you in, they can still sponsor you for a visa and have you fly over. But no one's gonna want an immigrant. Right, that is uh, a lot harder if you were to be from outside the country rather than already being here. Yeah, it sucks. It's just not knowing what to do because all you can do is wait and just like light a candle and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, you were doing some planning too, right, Fernanda? Yes, I made an entire, I forgot what they're called again, the branch tree graph, like all the possibilities, like, oh, if this doesn't work <laughs> yeah. out, I go to Brazil. If Brazil, or if the visa does work out, I stay here and I'm happy forever. Mm-hmm. Option C, something magical happens and everything gets fixed which is kind of less likely, but I'm hoping maybe maybe one day it's going to happen. Uh, we can always dream. But yeah, that's all we can do really when it comes to H-1B process. Do you want to talk about O-1 visa? I was looking into that one. The O-1 visa is basically, like, how do I explain it? It's like... For individuals with a sec- exceptional talent. I yeah, think that's how they word it. Yeah, if you're like a badass and you have like lots of publications written about you and you have like a bunch of recommendation letters, you can apply to the O-1 visa. And I looked into it, mm-hmm. but I even talked to lawyers about it and it sounded like basically I was gonna have to pay a lot of money for the lawyers and it's it's still then it wasn't guaranteed and it was like not a great chance. True, however, um, it's kind of like a backup plan that I mean not 100% guaranteed as you said but uh, this one can be applied any time of the year and I heard that it only takes a couple weeks to hear the back the results yeah that's true but I feel like at this point I'm so exhausted from dealing with the visa thing that like Mm. if the Brazil situation like if I do have to go back to Brazil I'm kind of like at peace with the idea of going back to Brazil because uh, it's not the end of the world. Like, I feel like I could get a master's degree and finish my master's degree abroad. And it would be nice to see my family and spend some time with them because I haven't seen them in a long time. Mm-hmm. Especially um, with COVID going on. Yeah. When was the last time you saw your family? Definitely more than a year. Same. Yeah. <sighs> How often do you see your family? Well, I have a sister who lives in Washington, so we would we try to meet every month or two. But you know, I would at least get to see my mom. I, I would fly back to Thailand and see her every year at the least. But yeah, now it has been over a year without seeing anyone. One of the things we talked about in our first recording was <laughs> <laughs> we have so many at this point. Um, yeah. was the experience of. Like being in the situation of the stress of, oh, my visa is going to end 
if I don't get a job soon after I graduate, I'm going to have to go back immediately. Like, you want to talk a little bit about the stress uh, combined with senior year stress? <laughs> yeah, so for me, I actually came to the stage since high school. My sister was gracious enough to invite me to stay with her. So I finished my last two years of high school here. So it didn't start in college, that fear, but in high school, I was all worrying about whether I would get accepted or not into a college, because if not, then I'd have to go back to Thailand and be apart from her. And as I get into college, I have, a, I'm under a constant stress of whether I would be able to get a job right after college because unlike u.s citizens you can take time to go through to wait for the right job for you right but for me or for um us on f1 visa you have to get a job within what 60 days yeah of graduation otherwise you're out so yeah it was a constant st stress but i just tried to keep myself busy and, you know, basically working on something all the time and nothing too much about uh, this situation that cannot be helped and basically just try to do my best. Yeah. And I remember passing by you and thinking, wow, she really has it together. I wish I, I wish I was like that. Uh, is, is that what it looked like? Because uh, underneath was a lot of turmoil. <laughs> yeah, you were definitely hiding it pretty well. <laughs> Uh, Unlike okay. me, who like broke down in the middle of Edison a few times. Oh no! I wish I wish we were closer earlier. We we could have talked all this thing out, and you can know that you're not alone. Yeah, I mean, I had some people to talk to, uh, but it like yeah, like it's weird talking about this with American friends. Like I love my American friends, but it's weird to hear, oh, it's gonna be okay from like someone who's not in the same position, right. you know. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, I remember, I feel bad about this to this day, but I remember I was like really stressed out about this one day and I was going to my car to like cry. And I don't know if you remember, but I was tutoring for the Python class and a student stopped me in the middle of the hallway and was like, hey, can you help me with this assignment? Uh, are you okay? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, poor Fernanda. I didn't know and that. I'm sorry. To this day, like, whenever I go to bed, I'm like, oh, shit. That was so embarrassing. I hope he's not listening to this right now. That's Eduardo, funny. if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry about that. But, like, I, I feel bad about that every day. I'm sure he got help some sometimes later. I don't know if he did. Oh, I no. was the only. I was one of the only TAs in that class at the time. Well, did he pass the class? I do not know. <laughs> All right, whoever that person is, I wish you the best. Yeah, retrospectively. Uh, I actually don't know what he's doing right now. Hopefully, he's doing okay. A lot of people, a lot of people in that class who I hope they're doing okay. A lot of people in that class I, I don't want to see ever again because a lot of, <laughs> a lot of students really abuse your kindness as a TA sometimes. Uh, I'm trying to get you to do your their work for them. <laughs> Yeah, well, more like I remember in that class specifically, uh, most of the students would complain about the teacher not doing a good job, but at the same time, most of the students would spend the entire class on art station. Mm. And I'm like, that, you can't complain about the teacher because he is trying his best. 
So uh, why did you want it to come to the U.S. to begin with? Uh, I think in the beginning, I just really wanted a better education than we had available in Brazil. But yeah. I ended up staying because I think I've, I kind of got in touch with who I really was as a person. Um, I think in Brazil, I was assigned certain labels that I had difficulty breaking out of. Like, I was always... Well, I was always like the introverted girl, the girl who doesn't speak, the girl who doesn't smile. And I think that when I came to America and I had like all of this freedom and I was able to reset my social life, I was yeah. kind of able to finally figure out who I was meant to be as a person. If you had told Fernanda from 2013 that a lot of people think she's charismatic and fun, she would tell you to go to hell or something. What? I can't imagine you being like that. Yeah, I was very anti-social. Oh, not I wasn't. I thought I was anti-social. So I think breaking away from that shelter life allowed me to be able to find out uh, who I really was. And, you know, I built my own little life from scratch here. And you also did. Kind of, yeah. Although with help uh, from my family that lives here. Yeah. I mean, it's still it's still hard because we have our own countries to go back to and sometimes the experience of going back is a little strange because it's not what you remember it being wait you know why did you want to come back to america or why did you want oh. to go to america um initially so i was going to this school for 11 years from kindergarten to ninth grade and although i could just stay there finish my last three years but um I was just kind of done with it at that point and so I decided to change school to another high school back in Thailand and um after that you know I got a scholarship uh to go study for a year in Japan and after that my sister invited me to come stay with her and uh in in washington for high school and so i mean hey i i get to expand my horizon and i get to stay with my sister their only plus is there <laughs> so i decided to come here and stay with her thank you sister i really appreciate that and from there i just saw so many possibilities of things that i could do and i decided to and eventually I decided to come to a gaming school to learn how to become a game artist. Well, was high school also F1 visa? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, so it's not just college. Um, it's from for any schooling. Uh, I don't remember if we already talked about this in, in this recording, uh, but in one of the recordings we did, we were like, oh, if you had known how tough this was going to be, would you still have done it? We haven't talked about it we this haven't. round. <laughs> Are you keeping track? Good, because I lost track. And the answer is yes. Um, even if I knew how stress is going to be, I would do it all over again. Because I think, I think it was worth learning everything that I did in college and get to meet all the people that I did, you included. Yeah. And I think it's awesome. I... I wouldn't be able to get this anywhere else. Same. 
um, as hard as it is sometimes, especially in the position we are right now where we don't really know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I cannot, I feel really bad when I imagine what Fernanda could have been if she had stayed in Brazil, because I feel so in touch with who I really am supposed to be that I can't imagine being different. And I feel like even if I go back to Brazil, I'm going to be a completely different person than I left. I mean, sure, it's been like seven years. Of course, I'm different, but like uh, I changed for the better and I matured a lot. You are, I I only know who you were from what you told me, but you know, right now you are very, like a very fun and friendly person. I, I can't <laughs> imagine you otherwise. Yeah, you're lucky you didn't know Fernanda back then, trust me. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Brazilian podcast. Just like many firsts in life, there is definitely a lot of room for improvement. For instance, I feel like it doesn't matter how much I scream at my microphone, my voice always sounds very soft. No wonder people don't take me seriously. But regardless, Nina and I had a lot of fun. In fact, we had so much fun that I decided to invite her to be a permanent host on the podcast. As I was editing the podcast, I realized that the topic we chose to start this with was maybe a little bit gloomy and depressing, but it's still something that we want to get out there because it's affecting our lives very much right now, as we already said. But in the future, we definitely want to shift towards brighter topics and bring other people that we know into the podcast to talk and discuss. So if immigration is not really your thing, please look forward to the things we're going to release in the future. That's basically it for now. Fefe, signing off.